The U.S. bond rally continues at full speed as investors watch the latest U.S. 10- and 30-year bond auctions this week. Now, the Fed members couldn't pour fresh water on fire earlier this week, and the Fed President Jerome Powell's cautious speech that's going to be happening today will likely go unheard as well. But, but that bond rally that we see in the U.S. has sure gone ahead of itself, and something has to give. So welcome. This is Swiss Coast. Daily Market Talk. So bond traders in the U.S. are clearly getting ahead of themselves and it is about to become a serious, serious problem for the Federal Reserve's last mile efforts where they should actually think carefully about how to contain this perhaps too early and too high optimism from the U.S. bond traders, which will unfortunately unwantedly loosen the financial conditions in the U.S. before the Federal Reserve reaches its two percent inflation targets. And I'm actually saying this right now because the U.S. 10-year yield plunged below the 4.5% psychological mark at yesterday's trading session. And that, even after a 40 billion U.S. dollar sale of U.S. 10-year papers saw lower than expected demand from investors and hence resulted in a slightly higher than anticipated yield of around 4.52%. Now today, all eyes are on the 24 billion US dollar worth of US 30 year bond auction. The US 30 year bond yield plunged to 4.60% level at yesterday's trading session after rising to 5.17% last month. Now, note that these US bond auctions have become increasingly of interest for equity investors as well. So much, in fact, that Citigroup collected data showing bigger equity market moves for the days when the U.S. sell bonds, then the days the U.S. announces important data like the jobs data, for example. And this is a big deal. This is a big deal because normally the U.S. jobs day is one of the most iconic days of a trading month. Apparently, the U.S. bond sales day now eclipses that uh, popularity of the U.S. NFP numbers. And Citigroup also says that the S&P 500 moved about 1% up or 1% down on a sovereign bond sale day in the U.S. So now you would obviously expect that if demand for bonds remains short of expectations, then the direction in bond prices would be negative and then the yields go higher and as a result of it, the stocks would fall as well. But that hasn't been the case yesterday. Despite a less than ideal auction for the U.S. 10-year bonds, the U.S. 10-year yield actually plunged below that important 4.5% psychological mark and the S&P 500 stocks gained. I mean, they gained a meager 0.10%, but they gained still. And this is what I find quite discreeting right now. The US 10-year yield has now fallen more than 50 basis points, and that in less than two weeks' time. And yes, a part of it is a correction of the accelerated rise that we observed starting from September this year. But that very rise in the US long-term yields was the reason why the Federal Reserve members decided to refrain from announcing another rate hike at their latest monetary policy meeting. And when I look at what happens today, well, today's fall in the long-term yields will certainly get them back to a high alert level because 
if something is not done to control this enthusiasm in the US bonds market, well, we may start seeing an undesired impact on inflation. Now, for now, investors actually do count on the idea that the U.S. jobs market has started slowing and that it will continue to loosen. But sufficiently loose market conditions in the financial markets could actually send the U.S. jobs market back to health again, keep it at a healthy level and spoil that sentiment. The U.S. CPI data is due next Tuesday, so I look at the U.S. true inflation number to see if there's anything alarming out there. And thank God but all looks fine for now but but I still think that gains in U.S. Treasuries will actually slow from the actual levels as the Federal Reserve keeps saying and insisting and crying out loud that they will keep the interest rates high for a longer period of time in the U.S. And Jerome Powell will say that again today and at 4.93% level right now, the U.S. two-year yield is almost 60 basis points below the upper limit of the Fed's target range. What a battle between the Fed and the market. Now, speaking of inflation, well, China doesn't have it and it can't create it. And that's a major, major problem because released today, the latest Chinese CPI data came in worse than expected by analysts. The Chinese consumer prices fell 0.2% in October on a yearly basis versus no change expected by analysts. And producer prices in China fell 2.6% in October. So that was slightly better than expected by analysts, but not a good number per se, given that Inflation is what China needs right now, as inflation is a sign that growth is happening. But it's not happening right now, apparently. Normally, soft CPI figures boosts expectations for more Chinese stimulus and more interest rate cuts. And also the other news on the wire that some high-level Chinese and U.S. officials, and that including the Chinese President Xi Jinping, will wine and dine together to improve their shaky relationship is obviously encouraging. But, but the CSI 300 index remains poorly, poorly bed these days. Now, note that the IMF recently rose its growth outlook for China to 5.4% this year and to 4.6% for next year. And that's mostly on Beijing's plans to issue more debt to well, get things going in China. But, but China's severe property crisis and that broken household and investor confidence in the Chinese government seem like Beijing must be either quite bold in throwing mega, mega stimulus measures into the mix or just be smart and proceed with some important and understandable structural reforms and targeted investments to bring all these investors back to the Chinese market if, of course, they want them to be back. And that's not a sure thing with Xi Jinping. But anyway, the thing is, China recorded its first capital outflow on record last quarter, and the record goes back to 1998. Investors took out 11.8 billion US dollar worth more from China last quarter than they put in. And these outflows will likely continue 
unless unless something dramatically changes in China. But Chinese don't accept the comparison to 1990s Japan when the real estate crisis in Japan had led to decades long of deflation in the country and bled the economy dry. On the contrary, when I read the news, I see that a senior dude in the People's Bank of China actually said earlier this week that debt risks in China will recede and that the property market in China has long-term potential. And while well, China's deputy governor Zhang Qingsong, well, he actually added to that that he is not worried at all because he thinks that they had challenges in China over the past three years, yes, but that the Chinese economy remained pretty resilient to the COVID pandemic and all the other problems. Well, Foreign investors don't agree with them, and Nasdaq's Golden Dragon China Index remains on a very comfortable falling path these days, while the Nasdaq Honda stocks are literally having a blast this year, especially with the Magnificent Seven stocks rising to the moon. Worries regarding the Chinese economy obviously don't help less sentiment in oil markets either. The barrel of U.S. crude fell to $75 per barrel level at yesterday's trading session, as the sell-off continued at full speed. Now, I expect the sell-off to slow at the current levels as we are now very, very close to oversold market conditions in the oil market. But, but investors are just too concerned these days about the slowing global demand that the supply-side shocks or the potential supply-side shocks are being mostly ignored by investors at the moment. Now, looking at the prices, a fall below the $75 per barrel level will obviously open the door for a deeper fall towards the $70 per barrel psychological level, but my base case scenario is that we will perhaps see a minor rebound to around $78 to $80 per barrel region before a further fall in oil prices. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Oskar Deshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your interesting feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. And please do not forget to hit the like button to let us know that you enjoyed these market videos. I will see you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.